1 John chapter number 4 this morning, 1 John chapter number 4. Boy, I am sure glad that I am not alone, that uh, God is with me uh, everywhere I go. He'll never leave me. He'll never forsake me. And uh, what a blessing it is uh, to know um, that I don't have to face this world alone. I don't have to face these difficulties alone. I don't have to face... 2023 alone, and uh, God uh, is um, uh, is with me, and uh, He is with you as well, and that is a tremendous blessing uh, to be able to uh, not hope that, but to know that, and um, just a blessing uh, to our hearts. Uh, I want to talk about, we're, we're, in a, we're coming into a new year, 2023. Um, in case you didn't know, let me, let me clue you on th- something. Um, in case you're not aware of this, things are getting worse. They're not getting any better. And God tells us that. I, why, why we're surprised by that, I don't know. He says, as time goes by, things will wax worse and worse, and things uh, have and are waxing worse. Though some things can get better, praise the Lord, for, for example, Angie, my, my, my wife's brother's wife, uh, um, is that my sister-in-law? Sister-in-law, my sister-in-law. She was, oh my goodness, she, she, matter of fact, she died on the table, she was on life support, not doing well, um, she's home, she's not on any, any um, machines, she's not even on oxygen, and uh, eating, and talking, and um, talking through all the stuff that happened in the ER, the stuff when she was out and couldn't talk, she's talking about all that. Talking about the doctors and the nurses and and all that happened in the in the in the, in the pulmonary embolism she had. And I mean, I, no, listen, she was not doing well. She still got a long ways to go. I'm certain of it, but she's doing better. So sometimes things can get better, right? There's no doubt about that. And physically, and spiritually, and relationally, and Uh, emotionally and things like that, things can get better. But I'm telling you, as a whole, things are waxing worse. And here's the problem. The problem is God's people, God's church, are being caught unawares. They're being caught off guard. It's like the church is beginning to be consumed by the world. The devil, right? He is as a roaring lion walking about, seeking whom he may what? Not have tea with. Not have a, you know, a pleasant conversation with. No. He's seeking whom he may devour. He's a destroyer. He wants to wreck your life. Do you have a sister or a brother or a cousin, somebody that has a child or maybe multiple children? 
And when they come to your house, they're like the destroyers. Remember the, remember the Tasmanian devil? Anybody watch that when they were a kid? They come in, whoosh, and everything's destroyed. I mean, they wreck the whole house. And then because they're family, they don't think they have to clean up. So they say, God bless you. It's good to see you and leave. And you're left with a wrecked house. You ever seen that? You ever been a part of that? Hopefully your kids weren't that. But anyways, uh, destroy. Destroy, destroy, destroy. That's what the devil wants to do. He wants to destroy. Now, who do you think he wants to destroy? He wants to destroy God's people. He wants to destroy the church. It would alarm you. The statistical data would alarm you on how many churches closed in 2022. Close their doors to open no more. But here's the problem, and almost exclusively the problem. There's one of two. Either one, they were all old people, and the old people died off, and there was nobody left. How many times I hear that? Like, like, like there's no young people in the world to bring into the church, right? Just all old people go. Only old people go to church. Can I tell you, that's the mentality of a lot of people. Because young people, listen, young people, and I'm not saying this is the young people's mentality. I'm telling you, often, this is the older folks' mentality. Is young people don't have time for church. And instead of encouraging them, we discourage them. And churches close. 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 You want to know another reason churches close? Error. Error sneaks into the church. Wolves in sheep's clothing sneak into the church. And you hear about church splits, and you hear about uh, uh, church issues and church problems, and, 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 uh, and the rotation of the saints. That's what my mentor, Dr. Shoemaker, says, the rotation of the saints. God's people get tired of one place, and so they move to another. Do you know pastors do that too? Average stay of a pastor, do you know what it is? 18 months to two years. Average stay of a pastor. Now, that's the average. I'm not just talking about independent Baptists. I'm talking about across the board. Why? Because, man, the honeymoon's great. Everything's going good. I mean, every meeting is joyful and, and everybody's excited. And then the preacher does something we don't like. Or somebody in the congregation does something that the preacher doesn't like. And so I know what I'll do. Do you know why, do you know why over 50% of every marriage ends in a divorce? Because it's easier to wipe your hands when difficulty comes, when problems come. That's okay. There's plenty of fish in the sea. I'll just step away and go over here. But guess what? You brought the problem with you. Because against popular belief, listen to me, we all have issues. We all have problems. In a relationship, it's not one-sided. Now, I I get it. Sometimes it, it weighs heavier on one side than it does the other. But I want you to know something. We all have issues. And so, not only does it happen in marriage, but it happens in churches. Well, let me tell you something. I'm tired of this, so I'm going over here. And let me tell you what happens. You're bringing your issues to the next pastor, to the next church. 
Now, don't misunderstand me. I'm not saying there's not a time to leave a church. I'm not saying there's not a time to move. I'm not talking about those things. I'm talking about when we get our feelings hurt. I'm talking about when we don't want to handle or, or, or deal with a, a difficult situation. We just leave. And, the, and church split. And, well, if he's leaving, then I'm leaving. And if they're leaving, then I'm... And we got these cliques and these groups and these schisms. And, and all of a sudden, the church is decimated. Because we didn't like the color of the carpet. Because the preacher didn't ask before he painted the walls. Because the, the missions committee did this, or because they did this. And we get mad and upset. And let me tell you something. When you live that way... It's not long before error sneaks into the church. It's not long before problems get into the church and the church ends up decimated. 2023, it's a new year. There's going to be some new changes. I mean, it's inevitable, right? Shouldn't there be new changes? Shouldn't there be a refreshing? You know, before Brother Forrest and Miss Jessica decided that they were, the Lord was leading them there to Jacksonville. Let me tell you what 2023 was going to be. A brand new, refreshing year. So regardless of them leaving, there was going to be some changes in 2023. Why? Because sometimes change is necessary and sometimes change is healthy. It's healthy for the church. It's healthy for God's people. It's healthy. Listen, it, do you realize that now I'm just going to say it. Some of y'all are going to get mad, and that's okay. You can come to me later, and we can talk it through. Or you can just stay mad, whatever. But let me, we know what one of the changes is going to be? Do you know when we have a fellowship? Right? Some of y'all know where I'm going already. Do you know the same people? The same people do the same thing every time. They come in, they prep, they get ready, they put the food out, they clean up, and you know what we do? Well, I'm glad we had that fellowship and we do nothing. It's going to have change. Yo, we should all have a desire, shouldn't we? Shouldn't we all have a desire to, to, to be a part, to, to do something? To, you know, sometimes it's nice, isn't it? Sometimes it's nice just to come to something. Some of y'all, listen to me, some of y'all have your hands in everything. I mean, absolutely everything. I mean, there, we don't have something that you aren't, you aren't doing, you're not doing something. Do you know, every once in a while it's nice, like for a Christmas party, just to come. And you didn't have to take out one trash. You didn't have to pick up one cup. You didn't have to work in the kitchen one time. I think some of y'all might have a heart attack. Because somebody else stepped in. 2023, this should be our desire. This is my desire. This should be your desire. 2023, I want to I get plugged in. What can I do? How can... You, you, you do realize we're not all created equal, right? For some of you to get up and to speak in front of other people, you would rather, literally rather die than get in front of somebody. Preacher, please, please. I remember, <laughs> I remember Dylan. 
when Dylan was coming to the church, Dylan said, listen to me, if you call on me, so he told me personally, if you call on me, I will walk out the back door. I mean, right in front of everybody. He said, I am not coming up and, and coming to that pulpit. I am not coming up. I do not want to be in front of people. Do you know there are a lot of areas that you never have to get in front of somebody? There's a lot of places that we can get involved. There's a lot of places that we can be a help and be a blessing. And the same person doesn't have to do the same thing over and over again. Because let me tell you what that does. It leads to burnout. I'm burnout. I'm burnout on church. I'm burnout on serving. I'm burnout on God. Now, we wouldn't say that out loud. Nine times out of ten. But I'm telling you, often it leads to that. And if you're not careful, when burnout comes, discouragement comes, that's when error sneaks in. I want you to, I want you to get this idea of error. The devil will use truth to lead you to error. I hope you understand that concept. The devil is not, the devil is not, uh, he, he, he will, in every chance he gets, he'll use a little bit of truth just to lead you down the wrong path. To get you thinking about the wrong thing. And when we're discouraged, and when we're burned out, and when we're upset, and when our feelings are hurt, that's when he pounces. Do you realize, do you know that the cheetah, if it's not the fastest, it's one of the fastest animals. I think it goes 65 miles an hour. Listen to me. If a cheetah's after me, I'm just going to lay down. I'm not even going to try. What's the point, right? But you know the cheetah doesn't lay in wait and go, I wonder which one's the fastest. Oh, I'm, I'm, in, I'm, I'm in for sport today. No, no, no. The cheetah's hungry, and he's looking for the defeated, the lame. He's looking for the one lagging behind. You know what the devil's looking for? The discouraged. If he can lead you further away. Do you know how many people are sitting out of church today? That have been sitting out of church. I'm not talking about just they're not in church just today and they were in last week. I'm talking about people that are not in church and haven't been in church in a very, very long time. Sunday school teachers. Deacons. People in leadership in the church. I'm talking about the average Joe. I'm talking about people that used to run classes and run committees and all these sitting outside of church. You know what? They got discouraged. They got upset. Somebody did something. You ever heard this statement before? I have. Matter of fact, I've heard it right here in Effingham County. I'll never go back to that church. Never go back to that church. Forget that the person that heard him is dead. Person that heard him is no longer going to the church. But I'm not going back to the, you know why? Because discouragement and defeat, when left to itself, will fester. It doesn't get better by itself, it gets worse by itself. And we get more defeated and we get more upset. And it starts to brew and brew and unforgiveness, it brews and it brews. And And then let me tell you something, the devil's watching. You're caught up in that besetting sin. The devil comes in with error. 
You ever thought to yourself, why is there so many churches? Why are there so many groups out there that believe different? They all have the same Bible, but they believe different. And some of them vastly different. Now, isn't there only one truth? Yes. Is there only one Bible? Yes. Well, then how in the world could somebody believe that salvation is by grace through faith and then another person believes salvation is by grace through faith plus baptism? Can they both be right? Let me help you out. They can't be. Don't be confused. Things that are different. Listen, real easy here, folks. Things that are different are not the same. Only one can be right. Either God is God in the person of Jesus Christ or or Muhammad is God. They both can't be God. I, I don't know why people struggle with this. I mean, we either have truth or we don't. And because we have not grasped the hold of truth and we've, we've held it with loose hands and loose fingers, it has slipped through and error has entered into our realm and has entered into our churches. Look at 1 John 4. 1 John chapter 4 is a warning. 1 John chapter 4, Beloved, verse number 1, Believe not every spirit, but try the spirits whether they are of God, because many false prophets are gone out into the world. Hereby know ye the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesseth that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is of God. You don't need a Bible degree to figure that one out. I mean, written right there, black and white, to every spirit that confesseth that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is of God. Verse 3, and every spirit that confesseth not that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is not of God. And this is that spirit of Antichrist, whereof ye have heard that it should come, and even now already is, is it in the world. Ye are of God, little children, and have overcome them, because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Christians. We've got to open up our eyes. We've got to start paying attention. We've got to start understanding the difference between error and truth. Not everyone that claims to be a preacher. Not everyone that claims to be a Christian is speaking truth. That's why we're in the mess we're in. That's why these churches, some of these churches have tens of thousands of people. I'm not saying that they're all wrong. I'm just telling you that they're drawing in the world because they have absolutely compromised the truth. And Christianity is what you perceive it to be. What you want it to be and what you need it to be. When you need God, well then, great. But when you don't, just put it to the side. That's the kind of Christianity we're living in today. If you want to believe in Buddha, then believe in Buddha. Just be sincere. 
If you want to believe in Confucius, then believe in Confucius. Just be sincere. Preacher, leave these religions alone. They're just trying the best that they can. Nonsense. There is truth and there is error. And we're not talking rocking science, folks. If you're not in truth, then you're in error. That's the bottom line. And what is, the, what is, what is that that uh, makes the difference? And that is uh, the spirit of Christ. What do you do with Jesus? And all these things that we see, and then Paul tells the church at Ephesus, then there are all the things that we can't see. Ephesians 6 and 12, For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and against powers and against the rulers of the darkness of the world, this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. It's a battle going on. Boy, I'm telling you, the devil is really good at what he does. Know the difference between the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. William Shakespeare made this statement. I thought it was a pretty good statement. All that glitters is not gold. All that glitters is not gold. Do you remember reading about California in the 1840s? I mean, just the rush for gold. I mean, I mean, they were rushing. Now everybody was going to be, everybody was going to be rich, and and then they found, and some of them did, and then some of them found what was called iron pyrite. It looked like gold. I mean, it glittered, but it was worthless. And I tell you, there is truth that is priceless, and then there's error that is worthless, and we need to know the difference. Think about these five questions as you think about 1 Thessalonians 5. 1 Thessalonians 5, verses 21 and 22 says, Prove all things. Hold fast that which is good. Abstain from all appearance of evil. Acts 17. Do you remember the Bereans? Acts 17 and 11 says, These were more noble than those in Thessalonica in that they received the word with all readiness of mind and searched the scriptures daily whether those things were so. We need to know the difference between truth and error. Think about these five questions when you're talking about truth and error. Does the work, is what's going on exalting Jesus Christ? There's a lot of talk about God. By the way, I'm for talking about God. Matter of fact, when we were watching the game, a bunch of pregame, a bunch of the football players were out there and they were on their knees in the end zone and praying and, and, uh, and, and one of the kids said, oh, <clears throat> um, they're out there praying. I said, yeah, that's a good thing. And you know what Kyle said? He's the cynic. Kyle said, yeah, who are they praying to? That's a pretty good question. It's a pretty good observation. Just because somebody bows a knee doesn't mean they're praying to God. And by the way, if you're not using your mediator, you can't even get to God. 
This idea that we're talking about God the Father, and I love God the Father, and, 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 and I'm close to God the Father, and I have a relationship with God the Father, I just don't have one with the Son, you're a liar or you're deceived. Because there's one meter between God and man, it's the man Christ Jesus. The only way to get there, the only way to get there is through Jesus Christ. He's the only way. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. That's it. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. So you can you can have all the fish you want on the back of your car. You can have all the plaques on your doors and up in your, in your house. And you can have an open Bible. And listen to me. It means a hill of beans if you've done nothing with Christ. This idea that we talk about God. And by the way, 90, time, 90 times out of 100, we don't, even know, we don't even know what we're talking about when we talk about God. Well, my God. It's just like people say, well, my Bible says. You have a different Bible than me? What do you mean your Bible says? Well, my God would never send anybody to hell. Well, my God would never do. My God. Have you read the Old Testament? If you haven't, I challenge you. I remember when, when Anna took her first class. It was Old Testament survey. And she said to me, Dad, have you read the Old Testament? I mean, God's taking out whole people groups. He even kills their cows and chickens. She was upset about this whole idea that. You know why? Because we have pounded in our head that my God, you see, my God, my God's only the God of John 3.16. That's my God. My God excuses your sin. My God welcomes everybody into heaven. You see, because now when somebody dies, they're in heaven. I mean, it, it's just, I mean, it's just automatic. Now, listen to me. I'm not, I'm not the guy to go to a funeral and preach somebody in hell. I'm, I'm just, you got to have some tooth about you. I get that. But not everybody is going to heaven. We understand. I hope, as a church, I hope we understand that. Because if you don't understand that, you're understanding error. Because I want you to know that broad is the way that leads to destruction, the Scripture says. And narrow is the way that leads to everlasting life. We've got to understand, is this work exalting Jesus? It is very pointed. What do you believe about Christ? Because what you believe about Christ is going to determine what you believe about every other truth. Does the work exalt Christ? Number two. Does it oppose worldliness? I'm here to tell you, we don't preach on sin anymore. We just, we tiptoe around everything. Do you have somebody in your life that when you get around them, you, you use this terminology, I have to walk on eggshells. Because I say something to them, I mean, they just get fired up. I mean, they just lose their minds. So you got to be super, super careful what you say around them. I'm telling you, we're living in a world today when you get up and you preach against sin. This idea for a preacher to get up and say that, that abortion is murder... You're at, I'm, listen to me. I'm not talking about the world now. I'm talking about the church. 
the average church member is going to say, Preacher, that's too far. That's too far. You shouldn't, you shouldn't, you shouldn't go that far. I mean, yeah, yeah, I understand at a certain age, certain gestation. But no, no, no. No, listen to me. If, if you murder a baby, it's, it's murder whether the baby's outside the womb or inside the womb. God forbid, listen to me, God forbid you stand up and preach against homosexuality or transgender or any of this other cotton-picking nonsense of who, I don't know if I'm a man or a woman. Come on, let's have a conversation. I'll help you out. Offended. People are absolutely offended. And you can't talk, preacher, you can't talk that way anymore. What? By the way, it's coming. It's coming. It's coming where it's going to be a crime. It's coming where they're going to come in and say, whoa, you can't talk like that. That's a hate crime. I'm going to tell you something. This preacher is going to jail. Because this is thus saith the Lord. And look where we've ended up. I mean, we've got men competing in women's sports. And if that, if your eyeballs don't go in the back of your head, something's wrong with you. I've got liberal people. I'm talking about, when I'm talking about liberal, I'm talking about they jumped liberal. They're going, what in the world is going on? I've got people that have been voting Democrat for, for their entire life, who live in a liberal state, who are liberal to the core, who say to me, when some of these people come up for vote, saying, I don't know how in the world I could ever vote for that person. You want to shock me? That, no, that shocks me. I'm like, oh, really? Wow. But you know why? Listen to me. Do you know why that's a problem? It's a problem because we stopped preaching against sin. God's people have stopped standing up and saying, listen, wrong is wrong. I don't care if it's in church or if it's in the world. It's still wrong. And God's people have stopped doing that and and have been fearful of what might happen. Now, I'm not talking about being a jerk. I'm not talking about being mean-spirited. And I'm not talking about beating somebody over the head with the Bible. But it's a problem. When you can stand up and say that if somebody says something about transgender, then, then they're, that's a hate crime, but I can't stand up and say, thus saith the Lord. Now it's become a problem. And God's people, listen to me, God's people have got to start standing up, standing up for the Lord and standing up against the world. The problem of the world. Does it oppose worldliness? Number three, does it point people to Scripture? Well, let me tell you, let me tell you what I believe. No, 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 I want to know what the Bible says. Are we pointing people to the Word of God? I believe what I believe according to the Word of God. And what we do, what we say, and what we preach shouldn't be thus saith the Reader's Digest. It should be thus saith the Lord. And when it's thus saith the Lord, listen, you can argue all day long, but you're arguing with God. You're not arguing with me. 
You're arguing with the scriptures. Does it point others? Does it point uh, uh, people to the truth, to the truth of the scriptures? Does it elevate truth? Does it put truth, does it put the Bible on a pedestal? Because that's what it should do. That's what our preaching should do. That's what our walk should do. That's what our testimony should do. And then number five, does it produce love for God and for others? Does it produce love for God and for others? There's too much hatred in Christianity today. Too much hatred. You can stand up against falsehood and still love one another. You can still stand up for what you believe in and still love one another. I tell you, when I was a kid, I don't know if you were this way, but man, I had to fight and argue over everything. Absolutely everything. You know what I learned as an adult? Maybe because I'm getting older and I don't have as much energy. But there's some things worth arguing over and there's some things that are not. There's some hills worth dying for. There's some hills that are not. What? There are some times where I let things go, and it's just easier. And there's some things you ought to stand up and say, no, enough's enough. No, that's not what we believe. And if you're going to ask me, listen, I've had people do this. I've had people call and start asking me questions. Over the telephone, I never skirt around the truth. They ask me what I believe about something, I tell them point blank what our church believes. Why? Because, listen, if you don't believe the same thing and you don't want to be here, then, then you don't need to be here. If you have a problem, listen to me, if you have an issue, I'm going to get over this one day. I'm not over it yet. But if you can't come to a church because a preacher has a beard, That's not my issue. Okay? Now, once upon a time, you won't even believe this, but once upon a time, I thought you should, a, a beard? Why in the world would you have a beard? Now, I, I can't even imagine shit. I trimmed it this morning, and I thought, man, I trimmed it too short. My kid said, listen, we're, we're leaving you as a dad if you cut your beard off. I mean, this is not happening. Do you realize that some things... I'm not going to get up. I'm not going to preach an entire message why it's okay to have a beard. If you don't want to be here because of that, then I, I get it. It's just, that's, your, that's your opinion. You go ahead. But, man, you want to start talking about the inspiration of the Scriptures? You want to start talking about the deity of Christ? You want to talk about the rapture of the church? We'll start talking about those. No, we'll, we'll go to Scripture. I'm not going to argue with you, but I'm going to show you Scripture, and you can argue with Scripture. Do you understand there's some things worth dying for? There's some things worth standing up for. As error comes in, church, we are susceptible. I don't, I don't know if you think that because our name is Rankin Baptist Temple and we've been around a long time that we're not susceptible, but we are. We're as susceptible as anybody else. So what do we got to do? We got to open our eyes. Remember the... Remember the psalmist said, open thou mine eyes, and I might behold wondrous things. Open up my eyes. Open up my ears. Help me to be alert. Help me to be a pay attention. Do you know what the, do you know what the, um, you know what the devil's done? 
He's lulled the church to sleep. And the church is sleeping. And we've allowed, you know what Paul told the church at Ephesus? It's high time that we awake out of sleep. Open up right. I believe Jesus could come at any moment. Do you believe that? I believe it could happen. I believe it could happen today. I believe it could happen tomorrow. You know what we need to do? We need to be about our Father's business. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Heads are bowed this morning. Our eyes are closed. Maybe you're here this morning. You've never placed your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. He is the way, church. He is the truth. He is the life. And no man gets to the Father but by Him. He is the only way. Have you placed your faith and trust in Him? You're not a Christian because you go to church. You're not a Christian because you've been baptized. You're not a Christian because you're a good person. You're a Christian because you've been born again. Because you placed your faith and trust in what Jesus did for you on the cross as He died for your sins, was buried, shed His innocent and perfect blood, and rose again that third day. That's why you're, that's why you're a Christian. Because you on purpose and with purpose, received Him as your Savior. You say, Preacher, I'm not sure I'm saved. I'm not sure if I'd die right now to go to heaven to be with God. I'm concerned about that. Would you pray for me? Just slip your hand up this morning right back down and I'll pray for you. I'm not going to come to where you are. I wouldn't embarrass you in any way. I just want to pray for you by need. Preacher, I'm not sure about my salvation. Please remember me in your prayers. Is there one?